You can find something cool to do at any time. They do a great job of keeping the park open, mm -hmm. even when it snows. And so uh, Bryce Canyon is one of those parks that you can visit at any time. But mm -hmm. just expect, you know, if you're going in the winter, it does get cold. It does get snowy. It does get icy, but it's pretty magical. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. Well, this is the boringest episode of our <laughs> podcast, according to John. But if your love language is trip planning, then this episode is for you. We are talking all about Bryce Canyon trip planning, and I can't wait. Oh, yeah. This will be good. A lot of people is like gift giving. Some people is words of affirmation. <laughs> Some people is trip planning. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I love trip planning. So I just wanted to take some time to kind of walk you through the trip planning process for Bryce Canyon. Let's talk about how you can make your trip to the park a reality. Because awesome. you may not like trip planning, but you have to admit it makes a huge difference in our trips, right? I will say I reap the rewards all the time of a really good trip planner. Yeah. And I don't necessarily put in all the work. You put in no work. <laughs> <laughs> I do all of it. Not completely true. Sometimes I bring a snack that you're unaware of i can't think of the last time you've done that you do <laughs> usually drive for the record but yes yeah trip planning is so fun to me and so i'm really excited to talk about bryce canyon i wanted to start out talking kind of bryce canyon at a glance to give you a good overview mm. of the park and then we'll jump into kind of more of the nitty-gritty details so that you can get your trip planning going Okay, so Bryce Canyon at a glance. If you are wondering where Bryce Canyon is, it's in Utah, southern Utah. You're about an hour and a half from Zion National Park, mm -hmm. which is closer to the bottom of Utah. Yep. <laughs> so Bryce Canyon is a little bit north of that. So you're like an hour and a half from Zion, maybe two and a half hours from the north rim of the Grand Canyon. So mm -hmm. you're not that far from Arizona. Yeah. But yeah, so Bryce Canyon is just down at the bottom western part of utah yeah um, a little bit more central than zion for sure because zion is like perfectly bottom left but yes bryce is kind of off a little bit a lot higher elevation you know but yeah but not that far from zion nope yeah okay bryce canyon what it is famous for is the pillar-like rock formations called hoodoos mm -hmm. and so that's what you go to bryce canyon to see You'll learn all about them. They will haunt your thoughts while you're there. <laughs> They're so cool. Hoodoos. Hoodoos. So just remember, that's what you're going to Bryce Canyon to see. The highest elevation you can reach by road. Do you know where it is, John? By road. Yovimpa Point? Close enough, yeah. 
It's Rainbow Point, Rainbow which Point. <laughs> shares the parking lot with Yovimpa <laughs> Point. So I guess you're right. But that's 9,100 feet above sea level. 10 points to Gryffindor, by the way, for that <laughs> answer. I'm taking it. Deal. Okay, so the reason that I mentioned the highest point in the park is because that definitely changes what you're going to want to bring, what you're going to want to expect when you're out exploring. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people don't realize that Bryce Canyon is that high because you're on a plateau. Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, you're on a higher, you're part of the, you know, Grand Staircase Escalante area. You can see the Grand Staircase. You're on a higher level of the staircase mm-hmm. at Bryce Canyon. Yep. But there's not like really big mountains around you or anything to give you any like depth right. <laughs> to know how high you are. So most people are really surprised to know that they're at 9,000 feet above sea level yeah. at Bryce Canyon. Well, there's no snowy peaks around, you know, in some places, a 10,000 foot mountain is like snowy peak year round. Well, I mean, that's higher than like the Great Smoky Mountains yeah, and stuff, you know, like you're starting 3,000 feet higher than the Great Smoky Mountains. Yeah. It's so, crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, but it doesn't look like it. It's very deceiving. Yeah. But the, the weather can change so quickly sometimes, you know, I don't know why the Music from the man from Snowy River is somehow pointing into <laughs> coming into my head right now. <laughs> da, but it da, is. Da, 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 the high country. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bryce Canyon was established in 1928. So that makes it National Park number 17. For reference, Yellowstone, the first national park, was in the 1870s. So, wow. you know, you're 50 years, basically 50 years past the establishment of Yellowstone. Hmm. Wow. So it is one of the earlier ones. It's not like super early, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was established pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Okay, something you'll definitely want to note about Bryce Canyon is that this national park is super small yeah. as far as comparatively. Oh my to gosh, other compared to parks. Yellowstone, it's not even close to the same size. Okay, it's so- <laughs> like it wouldn't even fill up a quarter of the space. Okay, so yeah, so here's some stats for you. So Bryce Canyon is 35,000 acres. Zion, which I also consider to be a pretty small national park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zion is not that big. And side note, I have people who fight me on this all the time where they're like, (laughs) Zion is a huge national park. Or, you know, I I had someone the other day who was like, I don't know why you keep saying Bryce Canyon is so small. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it is small. It's super small. There's one road that goes through it, you know, compared to my house. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, our house is only on a half an acre and this one's 35,000 acres. So comparatively, it is big. It's massive. It's huge. (laughs) Okay. But Zion is 150,000 acres. So it's already like five times the size of Bryce. Mm -hmm. And Zion is not that big. It does not feel that big. Right. So Bryce is very small. Mm-hmm. Compare that to Yellowstone, which is a massive national park. So maybe it's not a fair comparison, but Yellowstone is 2.2 million, million acres. acres. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about Bryce Canyon and I say it's super small, this is like comparing it to other national parks. Mm-hmm. And why that makes a difference is because A, it doesn't matter as much like where you stay mm-hmm. and 
you know, and you're more limited in the activities that you're going to do. That's just, that's the reality of it. There's right. just not a ton of things to do in Bryce Canyon because it is pretty small. Right. And you're not um, going to have to plan for hours of drive time like right. you will in some of these other larger national parks. Right. But my last at a glance fact that I wanted to mention is the crowd levels. Crowd levels in Bryce Canyon are quite high. Mm-hmm. It sees over 2 million visitors a year. Mm-hmm. So if you think about 2 million visitors in one of the smallest national parks, mm-hmm. you know, what that equates to is that it feels really busy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Super busy. So although it's not like one of the highest visited national parks, its size plus the millions of people that come make it feel very crowded. Right. It's like fitting half the people that visit Hawaii into your local pool. <laughs> is what it feels like sometimes. It does. It does. <laughs> and they, you know, they even say there's only a parking spot for one of every four cars that comes to the park. Mm-hmm. I think that's gotten worse in the past few years. Yeah. So there's just, there's not parking. We were just there last week and we got parking not where we wanted. We got there a little later than we were because we were coming from further away. <laughs> right. And we were just going to stop there for a little while. But that parking lot at sunset was full. Mm-hmm. We were able to get parking elsewhere. But people were circling but people and were circling, circling and circling. Yeah. Tons of circling. Yeah. So that's not the funnest way to spend your vacation. <laughs> yeah. But that is a reality in Bryce Canyon. It's a super small park with a very high visitation for how big it is. Right. So I do want to mention that. Also, if any of this at any point gets overwhelming for you. I do have a Bryce Canyon itinerary on Dirt in My Shoes. And that basically will have your whole trip planned for you by the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so by the end of the <laughs> checkout process, your your trip will be planned. It's amazing. Yeah, well, and I, and I will walk you through like, you know, which parking lots you won't be able to get parking at during certain times and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to guess and if you just don't want to deal with it, click over to Dirt in My Shoes and get a Bryce Canyon itinerary. But um, otherwise, let's keep going and I will keep walking you through things that you'll want to know. So jumping into first, how do you get to Bryce Canyon? Mm. So uh, there is several different ways that you can get to Bryce Canyon if you're flying in from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You can either fly into Vegas yep, or you can fly into Salt Lake City. Tons of people fly into Vegas to do like the whole grand circle. And so it's part of their major you know, multinational park trip, you know, and so Las Vegas, tons of people are doing that. But if you're just hitting, you know, Salt Lake to Bryce and something like that, that's a lot, a lot of locals do that too. Yeah, I mean, you can go either way. Vegas and Salt Lake City are both about four hours from Bryce Canyon. Me personally, I think the drive from Salt Lake down to Bryce Canyon is quite boring. (laughs) Uh, There's not a lot to do along the way. Mm -hmm. Versus if you come in from Vegas, you can stop at Zion. Like you'll go right through the Zion area before you get to Bryce Canyon. And so, and then that puts you like right down by the Grand Canyon as well. So as John mentioned, you know, the Grand Circle, which is basically all of those national parks, kind of Southern Utah, Southern Colorado. Northern Arizona, you know, you mm-hmm. you can hit a bunch of parks down in there. And if you're wanting to do that, then I would try to get into Vegas versus Salt Lake City. Right. Plus, you get to go through Mesquite on the, the way. The best buffet in the world <laughs> at the Virgin River. <laughs> the, my, oh, my gosh. My favorite buffet 
in all of the southwest is the virgin river hotel and casinos sierra buffet so (laughs) we're not getting paid for this endorsement nor Uh, does ash really endorse this this is me endorsing this you know there's only so many times you can eat subpar food in massive quantities But, you know, we do it every time we're in the area. So there you go. You can also stop at uh, Valley of Fire just outside of Vegas. You'll drive right past that, too. That one is really cool. It's a really fun area down in there. So if I had a preference and if you're flying in, I would probably aim for Vegas if you're hoping to visit multiple parks. Right. That makes a lot of sense. If you're driving in one of the most famous roads leading to Bryce Canyon is Highway 12. Mm -hmm. And this is basically the road that connects Capitol Reef to Bryce Canyon. But you're going through just some of the prettiest scenery down in that area. Oh, man, that that road is so dynamic. It goes up and down and over some really amazing things. And the views, oh my gosh, you can just see so many cool things. Yeah. I mean, we went fishing at a Mm -hmm. reservoir along that road, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was really fun. You get really cool views. There's just a lot of cool things you can do in that area. So that is basically how to get to Bryce Canyon. Are there size restrictions on that road at all? No. Okay. So good. Nope. You can drive an RV. The only thing is there are some like, there's an area where it kind of drops, steep drops on both sides. Mm. So just make sure you're staying in your lane. The lanes are normal width, you know, but a lot of people kind of get freaked out yeah. by that, but it's pretty cool. So <laughs> sometimes we, when we're describing how to get to places, we have to switch back from our sedan, like, you know, regular town car eyes to our trailer eyes and try to see it through the lens of like driving a motor home or a travel trailer around because sometimes these mountain roads can be a little tricky yeah it can be a little daunting but the bryce canyon area is fine for rvs so okay so that's what you need to know to get to bryce canyon again fly into vegas hit zion hit bryce canyon hit the grand canyon Mm -hmm. you know that makes for a really cool trip The next thing I wanted to talk about is a lot of people want to know if Bryce Canyon is open year round Mm -hmm. and it is, and it's awesome. Oh, it's so cool. Year round. Yeah. You can find something cool to do at any time. They do a great job of keeping the park open, Mm -hmm. even when it snows. And so uh, Bryce Canyon is one of those parks that you can visit at any time. But Mm -hmm. just expect, you know, if you're going in the winter, it does get cold. It does get snowy. It does get icy. But it's pretty magical. Yeah, it's so cool. And if you think, I mean, Bryce Canyon, we've mentioned it so many times. It's like 9,000 feet. But that's, like you said before, it's taller than some mountains that we go to like the great smoky mountains how tall are some of the mountains in glacier do you know yeah they're closer to the eight to ten range eight to ten range yeah Yeah. and so i mean like glaciers season is like three months for the whole going yeah i mean they shut down everything in glacier (laughs) during the off season Uh versus bryce canyon that's basically at the same Same elevation. elevation But, but yeah, it, yeah. But they keep it open. They find a way to keep it open. Well, Bryce Canyon is higher than Logan Pass in Glacier. Oh my gosh! So that's crazy. Yeah, but they. I mean, I Obviously don't know it how get they the do same it. Obviously, doesn't get the same amount of snow, and we don't have yeah. exactly the same road 
you know, the going to the sun road <laughs> is pretty much on the edge of a, you know, cliff, never ending cliff. So it's a little bit different for sure. So we're not saying that they're equivalent, but wow. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is just crazy that elevation that they're able to keep it open and you're able to do pretty much everything you can do in the summer. You can also do in the winter mm-hmm. as long as you have like the right equipment. Right. So that's pretty cool. Um, a couple things you'll want to note, though, like Wall Street, which is the famous part of the Navajo Loop that a lot of people like to do, that does close down in the winter. Mm-hmm. The reason being that it becomes pretty treacherous, especially because when the ice and the snow sits on those hoodoos and expands as mm-hmm. it freezes and, and stuff like that, then it does break off chunks of the hoodoo. <laughs> That Which can fall be pretty down. Big. Yeah, it falls down into that area. Like every season when they're getting ready to reopen that trail, they're having to clear stuff off of that trail. Mm-hmm. So that one's typically like it will close down just really when the first snowfall kind of hits, mm-hmm. when it's like just no longer makes sense to keep it open. Right. And then it typically reopens sometime around like Memorial Day. Hmm. So, I mean, you've got a good season for it, but if you do go in the winter, it will probably be closed. Okay. The North Campground is open year-round. So there is one campground that's open year-round for you. That's cool. It would be cold, but you could do it. Sounds like your grandparents might stay there in their tent trailer in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, they no, we were not in the park that trip. So, <laughs> but yeah, you can stay in the North Campground year-round. Uh, the Sunset Campground closes. Mm-hmm. And the Lodge uh, mostly closes, but they do usually open up a handful of rooms during the winter, Mm -hmm. certain months of the winter that you can go and stay in the lodge. So to recap, I mean, it's a really great park. If you're looking for year round travel, you can find something to do. Yeah. Okay. On that note, let's talk about the best time to visit. So for me, my favorite time to visit is probably the fall. Yes. I really love Rice Canyon in September. It's kind of like the sweet spot. Yeah, it's all the summer activities without all the crowds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the crowds die down. The weather gets cooler. It's not usually snowing in September yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, everything's still open. You're still able to hike. You can go around and see everything. Things are still up and running. Yep. You know, you get you get the best of the summer, but not in the summer. Yeah, exactly. It was so funny. We were So we were just recently there in September and you know one of the best the reason the crowds are lower is because school has started right and we noticed that our kids were like the only kids yeah. that were in Bryce Canyon and we were like the only people that spoke english yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i've never seen so many buses of people yeah, so that funny. was crazy my son jackson's just like i can't understand anybody dad <laughs> Yeah, well, they have it right. September is lovely in Bryce Canyon. Yes. Uh, we just had to make sure we stayed ahead of the buses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was important. It was so funny. <laughs> we did get out at uh, Bryce Point mm-hmm. and the buses were already there. That was like the first place we stopped where we saw the buses. And there were three big buses just full. Of, but they weren't like together. They were mm-hmm. different languages on each bus. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. It was like, uh, let's see, Italy, China. And I think there was like a East, Eastern European Eastern or something. European. Yeah. I think there might have even been like a 
you said you didn't hear any English, but I heard some British, but they just probably had really strong accents. Yeah, it I don't know. I Yeah, but we got to Bryce Point and like there was literally no elbow room on that observation <laughs> point. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen it like that. Mm-hmm. But it was it was the buses. So we just figured after that, we'd just go wherever the buses weren't yes. that particular time. And then it was the lovely September crowds that we were used to yes. everywhere else. Okay. If you can't go in September, if you have to travel during the summer, then I recommend going in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, June is typically a really nice month to be in the national parks. It's kind of before everything gets too crazy mm-hmm. and before it gets too hot. So I do like June in Bryce Canyon. Uh, the other beautiful. thing is that's when they do their astronomy festival. Is in June? Is in June. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you're looking for something unique to do, and still need to travel during the summer, then June is really nice. If you're wanting to go backpacking in Bryce Canyon, I like July, August, or September. Mm-hmm. Kind of when it gets a little bit warmer, so you're not like freezing to death at night. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's also nice to go backpacking in the national parks when everything else is in peak season, but like you're on a backcountry trail, so you're not having to deal with all the crowds and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good way to find solitude during the summer when it's really busy. Right. Okay. If you're looking to save money, I really like if you can go in like April or May, mm-hmm. we have been snowed on. Yes. <laughs> yes we, we went have. over kind of like right around Memorial Day one year mm-hmm. and it snowed and it was cold. Yep. Um, bring layers with you. Yeah. But it was nice and it was off season still. So prices were cheaper and it wasn't crowded. Yep. So uh, that can be a really nice time. Also, October can be really nice as well. Right. So Ooh, taking a moonlight hike or something during October would be creepy. Yes. Go to Bryce Canyon for Halloween <laughs> and take a moonlight hike. <laughs> but, you know, the thing when you get into those shoulder seasons in Bryce Canyon, you know, you just you don't know what you're going to get weather-wise. Right. And so that's why it's a little bit of a gamble, but that's also why prices and crowds are typically lower. Right. So um, that could be a good option. Now, if you're looking for a unique adventure in Bryce Canyon, then I recommend either December. Can you guess why? Christmas. Yeah, but... Yes. (laughs) Why particularly? It's always Christmas. (laughs) It's Christmas everywhere in December. (laughs) Sinterklaas Day, September 7th. No, December... I don't know. It's Dutch holiday that my dad loves. So, I don't know. What's in December? Well, it is Christmas, but more specifically, we love Christmas at Ruby's Inn. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Christmas at Ruby's, not just general Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it's always Christmas in December, but Christmas in Bryce Canyon is really fun because uh, Ruby's Inn, they like put up lots of Christmas decorations. They do sleigh rides, Mm -hmm. ice skating, stuff like that. So if you're wanting to do cool stuff like that, you could go in December. You could also have a unique adventure in February if you want to go for the winter festival. That would be so much fun. Yeah. So again, if you're going during the winter, you can still usually do everything. You can still get down into the canyon and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, December or February, like Christmas at Ruby's is really fun. And then the winter festival is super fun. Yeah. Okay. So jumping to how many days should you spend in the park? I think that you can can definitely get away with one day. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you can yeah you can cover a lot of ground pretty quick in this park you can it's small you can get to the viewpoints you have time to do a hike so if you only have a day in the park then that'll do it's fine if you can give yourself more time like another half a day or two days then that will really open it up, especially if you're wanting to do some longer trails or if you're wanting to like explore the surrounding area a little bit, if you're Mm -hmm. wanting to do anything on Highway 12 because you're super close to like Kodachrome. Mm. It's just down the hill from Bryce Canyon and that's a really cool Utah State Park. There's some slot canyons in the area. Yeah. You've got Calf Creek Falls along Highway 12 and other things you can do along Highway 12. Right. So I do like to spend a few days in the area just because there is a lot to do kind of around Bryce Canyon. If if you finish up in the park, there's stuff you can do outside. But you really don't need more than two days. No, two days is perfect, I think. You know, you can do some really long, you can do, you can do so many fun things in two days. You can really experience the park and the area very well. Yeah. Well, and Bryce Canyon is a park if you're trying to get to like all the Utah parks, but you have a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like if you have, you know, a week to do all five parks, Mm -hmm. Bryce Canyon is a good one where you can cut, you know, you can keep it pretty short Yep. so that you can spend more time at some of the bigger or busier places. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's a really good one. And then... Talking about like where should you stay while you're there, Bryce Canyon, because it's so small, you don't, don't have it like a ton of options mm-hmm. in the area, but the park has a lodge and two campgrounds. So you can stay in the park, but you can also stay in Bryce Canyon City, which is just like right outside the entrance to the park. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where you'll find several hotels. There's more campgrounds out there. So that's a really good option. Super convenient. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to be in the park for this park. Right. And you talked about earlier how there's only like one car, one parking spot for every four cars. And so a lot of these places, you know, the park shuttle runs in and out of Bryce City into the park. And so, I mean, you can easily get, if you don't want to drive and fight for parking and stuff like that, the shuttle makes it really easy. And, you know, it's just a really convenient place to kind of get around. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. You can catch the shuttle either from any of the lodging in the park or anything in Bryce Canyon City, really. There's there's some good options. You can also go down the hill if you're looking for something more like an Airbnb or a cabin or like a, you know, bigger space for your family. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Tropic does have more of that. Let's get tropical. <laughs> so Tropic uh, is just, you know, it takes like 15 minutes to get to the park entrance from there. Yep. And there are a lot of more like Airbnb options mm-hmm. down in that area. So that's fine. So <laughs> I do take a pretty strict stance on like where I'm willing to stay mm-hmm. when I'm at the national parks. And sometimes I feel like I'm going to have like the chamber of commerce for these cities or whatever, <laughs> like contact me and say, stop saying that. I don't like to stay in Pingwich. I think it's too far. Yeah. I think so. And it's not that far. It's like a half an hour from Bryce Canyon. But I just feel like, why? Why stay there if you can get closer? I don't think things are that much cheaper. No. No. Well, and Bryce Canyon City has some hotel options just right outside the park. So for in my mind, it doesn't make sense to stay in Panguitch. Don't stay in Panguitch to go to both Bryce and Zion. 
Well, yes. And I was going to mention that don't stay anywhere (laughs) to go to both Bryce and Zion. Right. Split it up. Get your lodging near Bryce. Get your lodging near Zion. Don't try to stay like somewhere in the middle of the two Mm -hmm. and just drive because both of those parks are super crowded. They get really busy and you really can set yourself up so well for your trip, depending on where you stay. It can make a enormous difference. Yes, absolutely. A huge difference here. Your nights will be, well, just your mornings won't be as hectic and your nights won't be as tired. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to go, it really pays to like set yourself up well mm-hmm. <laughs> with where you stay. And I think that's like the biggest thing that you can control mm-hmm. in your national park trip planning Yeah, that will, you know, produce the biggest rewards for you. Right. So, yeah. So don't try to stay in one place for both Zion and Bryce. I would book something in Bryce, you know, either in the park Tropic or Bryce Canyon City, just right there, mm-hmm. and then drive over to Zion. I personally don't even recommend really staying on the east side of Zion, mm-hmm. which is what you'll hit first when you're coming from Bryce Canyon. Right. Um, I would continue into the Springdale area for Zion because that, again, that sets you up better for getting ahead of the crowds in that park. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so so lodging for me, I'm pretty passionate <laughs> about where people book their lodging because mm-hmm. I think it just makes the biggest difference. You know, there's a lot of things you can't control mm-hmm. when you're going to a national park and as far as like, you know, Mother Nature wreaking havoc or, <laughs> right. you know, uh, how many people are going to be where. You can't control that, but you can control when you're at those busy spots. Right. And, you know, based on where you book your lodging, it can make it so much easier. Right. You set yourself up for a lot more success. And if you have a hard morning, then the parks are more forgiving if you're closer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be, you know, if your kids won't get up for you or whatever, you don't want to be 45 minutes outside of the park. Because by the time you get in there, there's a really good shot that there's not going to be any parking for you. So, yeah, so that does make a difference. So I am extremely passionate about where to stay. Pinguich, please don't hate me, but don't (laughs) stay in Pinguich. It's too far. There's no reason to be out in Pinguich. Okay. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about in trip planning is just like the best activities are what people usually like to do in the park. Right. Um, So this will help you kind of get an idea for what your options are while you're there. But then if you want like more specific information or if you want links to any of this, then you can go over to Dirt in My Shoes because I have a huge list of the best things to do in Bryce Canyon Mm -hmm. and it splits it all up by like what you like to do. Yeah. So many things So I'm just going to mention a few things here, but uh, this will give you an idea of kind of what to expect or the reason that you would want to be in Bryce Canyon in the first place. So what will always make it top of my list is hiking. Oh yeah. Best way to see the national park is from the trail. Especially this one. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, you get such cool views from the overlooks, mm-hmm. right? But it is totally different when you're standing down in those hoodoos. Yeah. It's not even comparable to, yeah. like, I don't know, to any other way of seeing the park besides mule because <laughs> you're on the same trails, basically. <laughs> they don't do mules at Bryce Canyon. Oh. I don't think. <laughs> 
I think it's horses only. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's mostly horseback riding, <laughs> uh, which you can do if you want to hit the trail without hiking. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is another good option. But if you're going to Bryce Canyon and you can hike, then plan on hiking. Just it, it makes like when you're standing on the viewpoints, it makes them mean so much more if you've hiked down into the canyon. Right. So a lot of people like to hike, myself included. Um, Another thing you can do, and Bryce Canyon is really friendly for this, is like going to the viewpoints and driving, Mm -hmm. scenic driving. So there's a lot of viewpoints that you can get to if you don't like to hike, if you don't want to do much. You can stop at these viewpoints, look out, and see something really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, The park also has a scenic drive that takes you further out, kind of away from the hoodoos and more into like the views of the Grand Staircase. Mm -hmm. That's where you see uh, the Bristlecone Pines. That's where... Yeah, yeah. Bristlecones! (laughs) That's where the Ponderosas are. You know, there's a lot of wildlife out in that area. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you don't want to hike, but you want to see the park, you can easily do the viewpoints and scenic driving and get a really good overview of the park itself right we mentioned horseback riding another thing that bryce canyon is probably the most famous for is stargazing so you love stars or if you've never seen stars Mm -hmm. you know i it was interesting i had someone email me a little while back and he was just like you know you really should talk about how you can see the stars from utah (laughs) (laughs) you know these utah national parks you can see the stars so good and he just mentioned you know i live in a city i've never really seen the milky way before Mm -hmm. and then we got to these Utah national parks and it just like blew my mind. Oh yeah. How many stars you can see. And so I think, you know, I tend to forget that there are places where you can't really see the stars very good Mm -hmm. uh, because I've never really lived anywhere like that. Right. So yeah, we just wanted to mention that stargazing is a huge thing in Bryce Canyon. Yes. Um, They have a festival around it. They do ranger programs around it. So it's so uh, cool. Yeah. So that's a really cool thing to do in the park. And then lastly, there's a lot of biking in the area. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a really nice bike path that goes through Bryce Canyon that you can take. But then it also like goes down along Highway 12 down to Red Canyon, which is another kind of Bryce Canyon lookalike, a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. But Red Canyon is not a national park. And so that's like more dog friendly, mm-hmm. more bike friendly. You more can, multi-use. Yeah, you can ATV in there and stuff. And so a lot of people like to do both areas and they're connected by bike trail. Yeah. That's so fun. It'd be a fun way to do that, to see both places. Yeah. So basically, you know, from here on out, you've decided you want to go to Bryce Canyon, then you'll want to start by determining, you know, first, really, when do you want to go? Mm -hmm. What kind of activities are you looking for? What do you want to be open? So choose the best time to visit, choose when you can go, and then determine how many days you want to be there. Right. And determine, you know, if you're wanting to go to other national parks in the area, kind of how you're going to split all that up. Mm-hmm. And then you'll want to go ahead and make your make your lodging reservations. You know, if you're going to fly, make your flight reservations. And then 
you know, and then you can have your trip pretty well set. You know, I Mm -hmm. think where a lot of people overlook things is kind of you make all the plans to get there, you make your lodging reservations and stuff, and then you don't, you kind of stop there and you forget to make plans of what you're actually going to do at what time and where for your days in the park. Mm -hmm. And so getting there uh, is what most people think of. Not necessarily the time spent there. It's not like Disneyland where you just wander around and you go on the rides. Right. Which I would also say that you kind of have to plan at Disney too. (laughs) That's true. It's busy enough. People pay for plans for our Disney. Yeah, I did when we went. That's true. That's true. We did. It's because I didn't want to wait in line for hours. (laughs) I wanted to go on the rides when they weren't busy. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, so definitely don't stop once you make your lodging reservations and stuff. You know, you really want to think about what you're going to want to do during the day and where you're going to want to be. But the nice thing is, is that I have all of this written out for you. I have Mm -hmm. articles on all of these things. So I go into extreme detail for all these things. I'll walk you through even month by month. Which is so great. Yeah. If you decide you want to go in November, I have um, an article, the best time to visit article that will like tell you exactly what is open and what is closed in November. Takes all the guesswork out of it. Yeah. So I love trip planning. I am here to help you in any way I can. And so as you're making your trip plans, definitely click over to Dirt in My Shoes and get the information you need. There's a lot of really good free stuff on there. And then if you want me to actually set your plans for the day while you're there, Mm -hmm. then you can get an itinerary. Love it. I think that really helps people make their trip worth all they can be. Yes. So I hope that was helpful for you. I am really excited for you to visit Bryce Canyon and hopefully you will be able to get there soon and hit some of those hiking trails. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.